0: So um, allergies, huh? Yeah, rubbing your face in a cat was not a good idea, especially right before we start recording. Um, the cat was my
1: familiar. Sorry.
0: Need okay. Attention. Yeah. All right. Well, on that subject, actually, I had a question for you guys: Is Tasha's cauldron of everything a bag of holding? No, it's not a bag. Okay, but is it a bag of holding?
1: No, it's not a bag. Okay,
0: is, fu- is it a cauldron of holding? Maybe. Okay, if it's maybe, it holds everything. So, what exactly is the spell that enables this cauldron to hold everything? Then,
1: I don't know, Joey. You read the book. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything.
0: Thank you for the title, Joey. <laughs> <What's> the... <laughs> I give up. Someone play the intro music. <laughs>
2: Welcome back, everyone. On that note, uh, glad to have you back here. I hate uh, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor Clay. He uh, he seems to get beat up quite a bit around here. I do apologize for that, Clay.
0: No one has any answers to any of the questions that I have. <laughs> he answered your question. <laughs> Maybe no, you, you didn't. should ask
1: better questions.
2: Yeah. <sighs> okay. Anyway, on that note, like I said, uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. For all of our normal listeners, welcome back. All of our new listeners, welcome. Uh, our zaniness never ends, so each week uh, you can get your dose of craziness directly from us. This uh, week we are um, back to the four. So uh, with us today we have Ryan. Hello. We have Joey. Hey. We have Clay. Hi. And I'm Kevin. Glad to have you here. Um, just to let you know, this is a kind of a, a, a what kind of a, I guess what <laughs> what happened. <laughs> i um don't mind the familiar noises (laughs) yeah uh, i um i was out for a couple of weeks um i had uh, foot surgery and uh, editing got kind of pushed to the back burner um so we may be out of order and i do believe we missed a week we might have missed two um i'm working with nathan to try to get that caught up my apologies um but uh, the Painkiller was really good. No,
1: so. you, just, you just give him some whimsical misgu- uh, excuse. Like um, a bunch of goblins came and stole all our episodes. That's and we got what it was. Back, but
0: That's Yeah, order. that's right. That's, that's what he saw when he was on all the OxyContin. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, If but you but wanted a linear podcast, find something else. <laughs> that's right.
2: We um, This is definitely random. Um, every week we're random. So We're
0: just going to start recording
1: episodes and then putting uh, the different uh, MP3 files into random uh a randomizer and we're just gonna put up whatever we pull out that's, that's an would, amazing idea
2: that would kill nathan <laughs> good <laughs> <laughs> his his ocd he would he would begin twitching and his eyes will, will start to uh, you know blink i don't think we could do that to him <laughs> nathan um, thank you thank you nathan you're gonna be the first that we thank on this uh, episode this is um the monday right before thanksgiving in 2020.
1: Thanksgiving. Yes.
0: Happy Thanksgiving. Happy
1: Thanksgiving. Uh, unless a you're a Canadian, then you already had your Thanksgiving. Right. You,
0: you yeah. Yeah. Oh, unless you're a Native you're American, already, yeah. in which case this holiday is a travesty. Okay, sorry.
2: <laughs> it, um, it's been an interesting year. So when we say thankful, some of us have to reach a little deeper than normal to uh, pull out our, our thanks. But we are very thankful that uh, we're able to continue with this podcast that we're still able to get together and uh, uh, and finish out our campaigns.
1: We're thankful for all of you guys for staying tuned and listening,
0: even through um, our, you know, missteps. <laughs> 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 to our German listeners, gracias. We appreciate your patronage.
2: Although I, I heard Ireland is uh, making a fast uh, um, approach on Germany and may have surpassed
0: one and a half Ooh. people are listening to us in Ireland. That's right.
2: <laughs> hey, all you cool cats in Ireland. And fortunately only have half a person in Germany. So <laughs> poor guy.
1: Yeah. Um, you know what I'm most thankful for though? Tell me Ryan. Uh, our new source book,
0: Tasha's cauldron of everything. Wow. Yeah. I'm thankful for that too. I'm especially thankful. I didn't have to pay for
2: it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're yeah. thanking Joey because Joey bought it for us Yay. So, Yay. and he brought it with us. They uh, brought it with him today which is probably not a smart thing because it probably will not leave with him today. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to stay here so that I can read it cover to cover.
1: (laughs) Um, I would also be really thankful if when the next source book came out, Wizards sent it to us for free. That would be really cool of you guys. We're not shills, but we can be. (laughs) So anyway, do we want to get into this book? Tell I, us
0: about it, Joey. You are our guide through Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Yeah, we kind of touched on it a little bit in
1: previous episodes, just but now, you know, it's official. It's out.
0: We're ready to rub up all over it. So tell us, Joey. Um, don't feel comfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> do
3: you want to sit farther away? Uh, I think I'm just going to move my book further away. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just, yeah, I want to touch it. For those
1: of you who uh, (laughs) realize that this is an audio medium, Joey did just pick up his book and move it further away from Clay, and Clay is now touching it. And now he's touching Joey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Roll for Insanity podcast. (laughs) Hey, Joey, so tell us a little bit more about (laughs) Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. What are some things that you really liked about it from your uh, brief read-through?
3: Well, Tasha's was mostly just uh, bringing some UA stuff in, and, well, as most... New source books are.
0: Hey, Joey, um, if I'm new to
3: D&D, what's UA? Uh, Unearthed Unearthed Arcana. It's essentially um, uh, practice material that they're writing, I guess would be the simple way to put it. Sandbox. Like uh,
1: like some beta stuff that they aren't ready to roll out yet, but you can just try it.
2: Right. Trying to get everybody to play and see if it's broken before they... Doing? That's basically right. cool. kind
1: of that's a Kinda cool idea. idea thanks for explaining that joey yeah you know, no problem this there. whole time like, I we're helping ua
0: was sokka's moon spirit girlfriend so i learned a lot today <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> maybe she is who knows could be she in your is. campaign um but yeah ua is um mostly of what i got from the book it's just reminding people that uh 5e is or D in general is um you can make it to the way you want it as a dm whereas your players want it nice so it's just like a lot of like hey here's examples of how to make traps or like unique environments with like unique situations involving magic or um, certain there's like uh, one of the environments it has or what they call uh, echoes almost is uh, haunted so it's like if your player feels a certain emotion related to that Hmm. they will feel compelled by the environment
0: to either stay there and just wallow in that emotion oh that's awesome okay so there are certain environments that kind of will guide players uh, in. Emotion is that tell me more about this, Joey. Make paint me a paint me a word picture. Okay. I want to see it in my mind's eye. Imagine you're um visiting okay. like i I'm closing d- my eyes. Are guys yes. All right, you eyes are closed?
3: Very good. They're closed, just in case anyone was wondering. They're actually closed. I'm I'm here. This is an audio medium. This is an audio medium.
1: Welcome <laughs> to the <World> for <laughs> Podcast. Joey, tell me where I am. I always
0: I see <laughs> it's you, dark.
3: You are in a you're in a, a dark, dark, uh midnight, gloomy graveyard with <gasps> broken down um Tombstones. I'm so scared. You hear a, a wolf howling in the distance. You start oh. to feel fear. <gasps> I'm and afraid. The emotion of fear from the, those who've passed and those who have visited before uh. Uh, begins to overwhelm you. Oh and my goodness, bird. I'm so overwhelmed.
0: I'm making <laughs> crow noises. <laughs> 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 Do all these familiars? Man. <laughs> <laughs> I especially don't like that crow that talks in a weird voice. Oh, I'm a crow. He's scarier than the wolf. <laughs> all right, so what now?
3: Uh, so essentially, what would happen is um, your DM would roll on a table, and depending on what they rolled, an event would happen. For example, in a uh, like, say, a haunted area, like a graveyard, uh, you'd roll a percentile dice, and depending on what you rolled, something would happen, such as. So
1: if Clay
0: were to roll two percentile, if dice I were to right just now, pull out two so percentile dice, you were dice to roll, and roll them in front of a microphone, here, yeah. and it would. 60 because i rolled two hold on <laughs> cuz i rolled two of the wrong dice nice nice i'm so uh-huh. glad Stay i'm in the dm to the campaign all right we play D&D. so if we were to roll a 97 oh how dead am i well uh let's say
3: a mysterious uh, mist rises from the shadows this dense fog is heavily obscures everything within a 50 foot radius sphere <sighs> around one random creature in the region me Yep, you. Any. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. Yeah, Any yeah. creature that starts to turn in this mist must succeed on a DC 10 Constitution saving throw or gain one level of exhaustion. And um, that's pretty neat. C- yeah, and it can't be removed as long as those are p- creatures are in the mist. I think that's actually
1: a cool way of adding flavor to, like, pre-existing zones. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, there aren't really, like, weather conditions in D&D. You know, you have, like, rain, which can obscure, like, perception and stuff. But a lot of the time, DMs will forget to, like, factor that stuff in unless it's convenient to the plot. Unless you're on top of that, in which case, kudos to those D&Ds. But I don't keep track of weather most of the time. Um, But, yeah, so this kind of lets you have a little bit of variation, it feels like, where you can have, like something that's meaningful and affects like combat or exploration but it's not like a a specific enemy so you can have like an environmental factor
0: yeah no i like the fact that it's not it it's an it strikes me very much like an environmental factor but it it plays more into the emotion of the character and it plays more into the like their inner monologue and what they're thinking and feeling um and it still gives you the same sorts of effects um and then a magical mist appears and it makes it 10 times worse I really enjoy that. Right. I, I and just you can, like the environment.
1: Yeah. And you can wrap it into like character backstory and stuff too. Like, yeah. like, uh, Joey was saying, um, if the place is significant to you, then that's like what would trigger this. Right.
3: Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's either that or like a, a massive historical event, like a great battle. There'd be like a, essentially a lingering, uh, atmosphere of boldness it's right. hard to describe because so
1: that. it's kind of like a an, an event that happens if it's significant to either like story lore or to character lore which is great i like anything that pushes a story
2: oh yeah <laughs> what do you think about it kevin i'm you know what actually i'm kind of i'm liking where this is going but i'm wondering is this to to compensate for DMs who weren't, you know, thinking about this kind of stuff? Okay,
1: I, I think that. Sorry to cut you off there. Go Joey, for it. Yeah, deal with it, Joey. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea is to show people that they can do this kind of thing. It kind of remind that, them, you know, maybe right. that
2: that this is this is something that you know could occur, something that you know to to. And I think maybe that even gives them more, you know encouragement to to bring in like weather and that kind of stuff right you know that's you, we never talked about that you know we hear about the you know fog of war you know in our in our games you know where you're only able to see but how many of us actually use fog for crying out loud i mean that's an absolute Not most of us <laughs> yeah i mean how cool you know to use that but then to have this where it kind of gives you an idea now how long does it usually take for them to come out with you know the an updated Wait, Xanathar's was how many years ago was that? Oh
0: my god.
1: Um I want to say that it came out
0: in like 2016 or something. I feel like it's been around longer than that cuz we were playing Pathfinder way back in the day and I could have sworn you mentioning Xanathar I, that sticks out in my head because it's such a weird word. I mean,
1: it's I know that name. we had your name. I know we had 5th edition back then here. I'll just look it up real quick.
0: We're going to look it up. We are going to take a pause from the recording yeah. as we go right now, and I'm just going to keep talking about things. So, the, Tw- 2017. Was it 2017? Yeah, really? November
1: 15th, 2017. Oh,
2: man. Now, and in between, there was nothing in between. It, it, I think there was, actually. Was there something? Because I can't remember I think if there was Vulcan
1: and Mordecai, and both came out after
3: Xanathar's. Yeah, I think Xanathar's was the first major one.
2: And right? it, that would have been the last major
0: so it seems
3: yeah, like and there's a bunch of um adventure guys It's almost like one every two
2: years. Okay. So that's a good track record.
0: Honestly it is, and I mean it keeps them relevant. It keeps mm-hmm. wizards in the money. And uh I, I like the way that Joey described this one where it's wizards basically giving you a, a pat on the back and saying, You can do whatever you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> they they made you purchase a book just so you could believe in yourself as a dungeon master. <laughs> Well, I, the I support love. you like, hey, buddy, you can
3: do it. I, and I think it every, I, everybody it was getting stale.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really was. I mean, you know, you you'd go from one to the next and there wasn't a lot of new input. And I know a lot of people like Joey and I know Ryan reads, uh, you know, the UA, the Unearthed you Arcana. But,
1: uh, contrary to popular belief. Yeah. Uh, does how? I always have
3: to use text of speech. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: by the way, I did end up looking it up. So the official order. Was Volo's was first in 2016, then Xanathar's in 2017, and uh was in 2018. So then there was a two-year gap. Okay. Or actually, did there was well, Wildmount eb- too, yeah. and Eberron. But and those are... But those are, exciting. like, campaign books. Yeah. So yeah, not the same. Not the same. So there's been about a two-year gap, I would say, between the last, like, source book, um, not including, like, the campaign books. So good but yeah still that's like a book a year which is pretty crazy that actually that is a lot that is Mm
2: -hmm. a lot going on you know for them to you know go into full production have it completely written you know fixed with you know as many of the issues you know resolved right
1: and you know they aren't always the same like Xanathar's and Tasha's are more similar than like Volos and Mordecai'n those two are more like um monster uh things where it's more akin to like an expansion to the monster manual where um, Xanathar's and Tasha's are more like an expansion to the player's handbook, so you kind of, or I guess even Tasha's, you could say, is arguably more like an expansion to the DM guide. Um, but yeah, so they're they're different source books, but they come out pretty consistently, which is cool. Thanks, so Wizards.
2: It'll be interesting to see how much sure. of this. Uh New content shows up in our campaigns in the <laughs> near future. Uh, uh, yeah. Hey, not so my Hey, Clay, can I... Oh, <laughs>
0: deal with it. There are
1: magic tattoos in Clay's setting, but well, not you, like these. You think there are magic hey. tattoos.
0: <laughs>
2: and then there are non-magical tattoos.
0: There are absolutely non-magical tattoos. <laughs> Two of our party members have some. <laughs> One yeah. party member may or may not have a magical tattoo. We're not sure. Who is to say, really? Who is to say? there's so many things about my campaign I want to talk about <laughs> just, just talk yeah. about <laughs> next, next, session. No, no, next no, session just talk about yeah, it. we'll
1: okay. talk about Clay's session in the next podcast I know everybody's been waiting with bated breath and <laughs> I know we <laughs>
0: said that the last time we recorded yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know we Tasha's this came time. out but so. Thanksgiving Tasha's we had to talk about this Okay, so I'm actually going to do a fun little segment here, unless, Joey, are you holding this page for any specific reason? No. That's good, because I'm going to change it anyway. <laughs> well, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, for our readers, for those of you that haven't actually gotten to experience Tosh's called of Everything yet, uh, you and I are going to look at it for the first time together. I'm going to flip to a random page in the book, and I'm just going to kind of describe something that I find, and we're going to talk about it.
1: I want to hear that page
0: flip. You want to hear it?
1: Yeah. Remember, this is an audio
0: medium. Oh, yeah. Oh, here yeah. we go. There go. You click to the in table of contents. Yeah, way of the astral self. Oh, that's the uh, one of the monk subclasses, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's a monk who follows the way of astral self. They believe that their body is an illusion. They see their ki as a representation of their true form, an ans- an astral self, not an ancestral self. This astral self has the capacity to be a force of order or disorder, with some monasteries training students to use their power to protect the weak and other instructing aspirants in how to manifest their true selves in service to the mighty. Which is really cool. So it sounds like, is this... Almost like a spellcaster version of Monk. Is that what I'm getting from that? Not quite. Mm, The way that
1: I had it explained to me, which isn't going to make much sense to you because I know that you haven't seen this. That's okay. Is that this is basically um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. um, Oh, of course. (laughs) The concept concept of stands, uh, which... If you aren't familiar, it's basically a big punch ghost. Oh, good. And so your monk basically summons a large ghost version of themselves that can punch people.
0: But it's, it's So it's saying that the monk describes himself as believing that they don't really have a true form. Right. So is this monk just sitting in a corner lying to itself as it summons someone <laughs> else? It's like, yeah, that's definitely me. And then when they dissipate, they're like, ah, I'm still... Well,
3: monks ah. are mostly like getting in like in tune with themselves and just kind of studying their own body.
0: So monks are vibe machines? Yeah. Monks be right. vibing.
1: They straight be vibing. They straight be vibing, dude.
3: Oh, uh, man. Like, even at a certain level, you can um, disconnect your astral self from your physical body, which essentially you just become a spirit, kind of.
1: Yeah. I don't remember if this is in 3.5 or 5th edition or both, but um, one of them lets you basically cast, um, what is it, um, astral projection, um, Ooh. which if you aren't familiar, basically just lets you separate your soul from your body, and you can go and float around in the astral plane and be like, oh, neat.
0: Oh, that's all? Yeah. That's a, just separate your soul yeah. from your body and go you're, floating around in another no plane? Sep- you have a
3: rope tying you to your body. that Oh, is that cut how it works? Yeah, you're doomed to rob eternally. Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> okay. That's great. Well, that was weird. So are monks just millennials? Is that how this goes? They're just big vibe machines, and they just... Are always with it? No,
1: actually, um, warlocks are millennials because uh, they're Engst. looking for sugar daddies.
0: <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that's why they're millennials. Yeah, I guess
0: we are millennials. Okay, well, <laughs> warlocks are fine. Okay, so that's an interesting thing. I'm going to do it again. Um, but this time, I'm actually going to pull from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. That's
1: not what this episode's Wait, about, but I'll allow this book, it.
0: I'm going to pull from Dude. Tasha's Cauldron of <laughs> Everything. Um, Again, this time for sure. This time, we're going to find right. something real juicy. If Xanathar
3: already. has the Guide to Everything, but Tasha has the Cauldron of Everything... Maybe it's the same thing.
0: Maybe it's the same thing. What if Xanathar found the cauldron? <laughs> and turned it into a book. <laughs> and just wrote about it and then Tasha's like, nah 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 nah. You messed it <laughs> well, up. You forgot so much.
2: If we're looking at sequence, I'm thinking she stole the book and threw it in a cauldron.
0: That is That's amazing. Yeah. I yeah. like the concept of that where Tasha's just like, I can do writing. <laughs> she steals the
2: book and throws <laughs> it in there and then takes credit for it. Well, she's a no, evil no, 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 no. I have the bitch. cauldron of everything. Don't be sexist. Whoa.
0: Copyright okay. Oh, hey. Same coincidentally, <laughs> we flicked to the Warlock page. Wow. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about that. plot contrivance. <laughs> I'm not doing that. A celestial spirit. I've actually. Oh, yeah. To there's a, a, there's a bunch page. of new
3: conjuring spells. So, oh, yeah.
0: So this is a large celestial. So uh, remind me again, how
1: big are large sized creatures? Um, So large take up two by two space, which is a 10 foot by 10 foot. They okay. can be smaller than that, like how your character can be shorter than five feet tall and take up a five foot by five foot square. Fair. But I
0: think you have to be over eight feet tall to be a large creature. Oh, I am. Okay. So this <laughs> Celestial Spirit, it says that you can call forth a Celestial Spirit. So this is some, it's a spell. Oh, that's cool. It's summons Celestial. Right. So, okay. um if you recall when we were
1: kind of covering the um, Tattoo UA, the Magical Tattoos, Yeah. Um, With that, they included some new summoning spells, and those ended up getting added to Tasha's here as official source material.
0: Interesting. So this is basically you're able to summon a a celestial being. It's basically like an angelic form. It says angelic form. You're summoning an angel. Um, And the creature is an ally to you and your companions, and it shares your initiative, but it takes its turn immediately after yours, and it obeys your verbal commands. And looking at this thing's stat blocks, it's pretty good... Um, so it has an AC of 11 plus the level of the spell that you cast plus two. That's pretty good, actually. That's insane. So if you cast this thing as like a third or a fourth level spell and you have, def- it says Defender only. I don't know what a Defender is.
3: It's a fifth level spell, dude. Ooh. Which means that it
1: already has an automatic. So it automatic... has a base
0: of 16 AC. No, plus two, right? Well, see, Joey said it's a fifth level spell. Well, so. yeah,
1: but you said that it was the AC was eleven plus the spell level plus two.
0: It says plus two defenders only in parentheses, so I don't know what a defender
1: is. It might be like a specific type. Like there Maybe. might be different types. Yeah, but I mean, you,
3: there's two. There's two choices. There's the defender and then the um, hunter.
0: Oh, I see. So you have the one that's better for like fighting tanking. and the one that's better for tanking. Yeah. I see. But I mean, even still, the fighter has a base of sixteen, and, and then you could there are higher spell levels the, than fifth, aren't there? Yeah, so it goes can, up to ninth. That's insane. So you can have an AC of twenty or twenty-two
1: if it's a defender. It's oh
3: your Chad spiritual spiritual weapon.
1: Yeah, this thing is cool. If, if you thought spiritual weapon was cool, imagine not having to spend a bonus action to control it, and also it gets better if you upcast.
0: Mm-hmm. It has healing touch. It can cast healing touch on you if yeah. it's a defender.
1: So. No, um, oh, it doesn't no, never say, mind.
0: It's it, Any of them can cast Healing Touch. Basically,
1: if you're a ranger um, and you're a Beastmaster, well, sorry that you're playing that already. <laughs> but now you're even more blown out of the water because the summon doesn't even require your turn to be used. Hey, That's
3: they redid Beastmaster, and now your companion scales with proficiency bonus. That's it, though. You it's, scale not it's, not pro- still it's still bad. Bonus. It's still bad. That action economy. Sorry,
1: ranger. Actually, ranger has some really yeah. good
3: subclasses. Except for that one. Except for that one. We
0: don't need to talk about that. Point is, this sounds really interesting. And I know the last time we were talking, we were talking about the different environments, how there was a new Mimic environment. Right. Uh, we were talking about the, the UA tattoos. Do you know anything more about that, Joey? Did you read that section? Which one? Mimic the Mimic environments? colony? The, the, the UA tattoos. Oh. oh. The tattoos. Well, Mimic Colony. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> mimic Colony. Hey-oh.
3: Uh, it's essentially the same thing as I like, talked about before. Uh, rarity is size. So like a legendary would be like a, a full, full bag,
0: body, yeah. essentially. Yeah. That's interesting. So now how do you get them? Do you I think so, you have to
1: have somebody inscribe them into you and it's mm, kind of like nope. creating a magic Oh no, oh, it's no, with the it's, quills. It's,
3: That's right. It's yeah, you just have a needle and then when you attune to it, you just hold the needle to your skin and then when and you then finish it, goes, it you got yeah go surprise. Whoop. And then when you unattune it just becomes a needle again.
0: So then what's to stop everybody from having legendary tattoos? The fact that it's legendary. <laughs> you still have to make the needles, I think.
3: Yeah. yeah. Do you? Or are they
0: difficult to make?
3: well it's a legendary magic it's item. it's like the idea. oh the item right.
0: itself is legendary how yeah. so how much use do you get out of it before it's uh i think it's a, think it's a magic use. item it like I, it's it I depends. all
1: of them you can use as many times as you want
0: yeah. which
3: is
1: to say you can use the needle once it puts the tattoo on your skin the needle is now worthless mm-hmm. but you can that use the tattoo as many times as you well they, they have like different limitations but it's not like it disappears or anything right
3: well like the, essentially do, like the maybe. needle absorbs into your skin so you don't have to carry around a needle. Right, yeah. But it's a, it's just a a bonus certain types of bonus like I think one gives you a um one's essentially a protection which is uncommon. So you get like a plus 1 to your AC or plus 2 depending on where Right. You. And then you have like uh spell storing tattoos. Interesting. So
1: they're kind of just like magic items that you don't need to wear.
3: Yeah, and you need the space for it so you can't just be attuned to like three different legendary magic tattoos. Because you don't have that much body. Realistic.
0: I do,
1: <laughs> and also <laughs> they still take up attunement slots. So. They do do that.
0: Okay.
3: However, they did they did release um artificer in this because it was originally on Ebron, but they didn't want it to be part of an adventurer book, so they released it in this, and they changed it so they can create uh craft common any common magic item, which used to just be xanthar's magic item, common magic items, but that also now includes Ooh. tattoos. So now yeah, you have, you have two tattoos you can make which is pretty cool. Yeah. So you could, uh,
1: you could live out your dream of being like a medieval tattoo artist, artificer.
0: That's (laughs) what I've always dreamed of being. Yeah, And
1: you take like proficiency in like tattooing tools and like calligraphy tools or something, you know, there's, there's like a whole niche there. I think now
0: there's such a good idea to incorporate body art and magical items. I feel like that's been touched up. I mean, because tattoos in and of themselves were viewed to like give you heightened strength or ability, and the fact that they're kind of incorporating that into the book, I think that's really cool. Right. I'm, I'm really... I, I want to play a character with one, <laughs> just to say that I did. But I'm also having a lot of fun DMing for you guys. So. <laughs> that's okay. Hey,
3: just, just give us magic tattoos and we can oh, live hey. it out for you. Maybe
0: I should do that. Maybe I should give someone a magic tattoo. Who would yeah. I give that to? I don't know. If only it one, one of us anyone. had a magic tattoo. If only the people that were smart enough to identify it or wow. roll well enough. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm feeling personally attacked right now.
0: Speaking of
1: DMing, I remember talking to you a little bit ago, Clay, about um, one Mm -hmm. thing in Tasha's where it's DMing for a single player.
0: Oh, yeah. That sounds really just uncomfortable to me. It's a weird
1: idea. I don't like that at all. And I think that DMing for a single person kind of changes the entire idea of the game, right? It really does. Because when you're working with an entire group, it's like a bunch of cogs in a machine. Right, and so you kind of build um all of your machine around the cogs so that it can work better or you find a specific part in your machine for all the cogs to fit When you only have one cog, you can do a lot with that. You can customize yeah. everything around them. so all of a sudden, their personal story can coincide with the main story. You don't have to worry about like side tangents, and it's true it's it's a weird dynamic because you know it's just one person coming over every yeah. week for D and it's just you as a storyteller and them as a player but i think it also creates this like interesting space where it's kind of like a couch co-op kind of game you know i can see that <laughs> where it's you and your friend and you're hanging out and you're kind of putting forward a story for them to live in and they're just kind of existing and then you can tailor it more personally so
2: now, could that be used though to bring somebody who may not want to jump into D and D with a bunch of other people, feeling that they they're you know inadequately you know equipped? Uh, we had Bree, yeah, and she felt very uncomfortable for the first couple of games, yeah. only because she really I mean now give her credit she jumped in with both feet and she did a fantastic job yeah. Most people I don't know that could do that, though. Bree just has the imagination, right? and uh, she's got that that type of personality where she can do that. Um, But if you had somebody you wanted to introduce to the game, that's a really good way to do it. It's just the two of you. Right.
1: I think these one-on-one sessions are actually a really good idea. I believe I talked about this in an earlier episode. I was saying if you're trying to bring a new player into a party of experienced players... And you don't want them to be asking questions through their entire first session, like, "Oh, what does this ability do? What does this do?" blah. Right. blah and you want them to like learn their character organically. Mm-hmm. You can run like a um, like a prequel kind of episode for them, where it's just you and that one person, and you kind of play through a bit of their backstory, and that teaches them how to play their character and kind of primes them for role play and getting involved with the rest of the party when they get to go to like the real sessions.
2: That's actually a really good idea. That's almost you know, it's too bad you don't have the time to do that with each. Individual of your party, yeah, where you could spend like one day or one night. I mean, so the I suppose DM, you could. But. Well, that's yeah, I know, but, to, time time yeah, yeah, but time constraints. Yeah, the time would constraint. be really good. But I mean, you know, if the, the, that way that backstory becomes, you know, you know, very lucid, you know, and I mean, you you would, you would know, you know, where that fits in, and, right? Played through it, right, and that way, you know, and it's a one on one. Now, you know, like we've discussed, the 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 you know the three of us. All being fairly experienced players, um, in Clay's campaign, we just kind of we. Well, I'm not going to say we took over, but uh-huh. <laughs> as in our last episode, we did uh, say that Clay took the opportunity to uh, step away to use the restroom, and when he came back, our backstory was already done. Yeah, uh, I mean, our, it we, made it easy. Yeah, we all had met, and we we said how, and and everything was laid out. It started out as a joke, and then we just decided that that's actually it, how it, it was happened. a fun yeah. joke, you know. But I mean that you know I think. For experienced players, not a big deal. You know, you can pretty much go with that, Um, and and with an experienced player, they also have that innate ability. Usually, now I can't say that for everybody. I know some people that have played a lot of D and D games and still have no clue. Joey. (laughs) <laughs> hey i haven't
3: played a lot of dnt games but i played enough to have a clue and i still don't have one yeah.
1: you've been playing yeah. for really okay. in my campaign for over a year you can't even say that anymore You're, you dm'd
3: <laughs> a campaign I, dude <laughs> dm'd it strong that's a strong word all right you know
0: hey you did good yeah, yeah you did. i don't know i just i i still view like a one-on-one set i can see the benefits to it i especially for like a one-off like you guys were saying to introduce a campaign But to have that be a regular thing, to have that be just a one-on-one session, at at that point it feels like the dynamic shifts, like Ryan said, a great deal. Whereas, you know, it goes from being an escape room with a bunch of your friends and you're all kind of working through the clues and working on a puzzle and solving it together to me locking my brother in a closet and (laughs) slipping him like a little bobby pin under the door and saying, figure it out. Like at, At that point, it almost feels like I'm like punishing them to give them anything remotely challenging something they have to think about like here's your puzzle like i don't get it like (laughs) right oh oh well and
1: (laughs) i i I kind of was talking to you about this and i said i think that this is one of the few places where i think a dmpc would be a useful tool
2: and i think most of them would do that most of them would bring in a you know some type of npc to to actually you know or something
3: like a sidekick let me let me clarify what
2: that
1: means too So DMPC is like a regular NPC or a non-player character, but it's directly piloted by the DM. So it's kind of like them inputting their own um, character into a game that they're DMing. And that can cause a lot of issues in a regular game because a lot of DMs who end up doing this are power hungry and they kind of want to just be like the hero of their own story. But um, if it's done well, and I think in a one on one campaign, it makes sense to have one, you can use it to kind of nudge your player in the right direction and help them out, and also make them feel less alone like they're in a party of, like, you know, a bunch of made up, like, no backstory generic (laughs) characters that they collected from town. They are, unless you're
2: Joey, in which case every NPC has a full backstory, actually, a small novel written about him. As, as soon as they're introduced, I'm already thinking of backstories for that. Show.
0: Not only a full <laughs> backstory, but enough of their personality fleshed out that they don't want to talk to the player character. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you you made characters that were so good and so like within themselves that when we tried to interact with them, they didn't want to interact
1: with us. Which is understandable. It is. Yeah.
3: Well, that's what you get for making a, a party full <laughs> of humans in a city that hates humans.
0: Well... <laughs>
1: That's what you get for putting us in a city that hates humans when hey. we made a party full hey. of humans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so not my fault. My
1: NPCs hate you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's my world. I didn't make the NPCs. I made the world. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. So so yeah, but like I think putting a, d- a DMPC in a one on one game makes sense because you can kind of you know interact with your player and not make them feel like they're on their own. But you have to ride a fine line there. Because you don't want to, like, you know, solve all of the problem for them, but you also don't want to, them to feel like your character that you're, like, made to help them through this is, like, dead weight, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
3: That's why you include the sidekick, which is a new thing, including Natasha's culture to everything. Wow. And
2: wow. we'll discuss that in our next episode because we are out of time, guys. Um, there's just we, so much content in there is book. we could, we could, could you, we could talk about everything we could talk about this for maybe even a whole nother episode we <laughs> might <laughs> we might maybe for Thanksgiving that'll be yeah. our treat for you yeah. maybe we'll continue this on and uh, we'll do it uh, next week yeah, and then we'll talk to... about Clay's campaign
3: hooray
1: yeah. Yeah. you do not even <laughs> have to Clay. buy the book we'll just talk about everything the whole that's thing that's we're just right. gonna
2: do a,
0: a reading yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks wizards <laughs>
2: All right, guys. Hey, well, thank you again. Thank you, thank you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, don't eat too much. Please, please travel safely. Stay safe. Uh, this uh, coronavirus has been an absolute doozy, so you guys uh, you stay, stay healthy and uh, make sure you wear your mask, social distancing, everything you need to do. Uh, we don't want to lose any of our listeners. Of course, if you're sick, you could uh, you know, listen to all the back episodes you haven't yet, but or uh,
1: just listen to them all again if you're caught that's up. True, that's, that's true. That's true. But we
2: don't want you to do it that way. We'd rather have you do it in uh, you know regular you know, succession. So, all right, guys, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Goodbye.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Hey, Clay, uh, did you know that we have a website? We have a website? Yeah, we have a website. It's um
0: Wait, do I spell out the word for? No,
1: it's just the number. So oh. it's roll4insanity.com. the number for insanity.com.
0: That's awesome. What can I find on there?
1: Yeah, we have a bunch of stuff on there, actually. Have you ever wanted to follow us on social media? I have. Well you know, it's kind of hard to find those pages on it the really is. Yeah. I can't spell. Right. And so, you know, uh, but the thing is, if you can make it to our website, we have links to all of our social media on there. Wow. You know what social medias we have? I'd like? love to know. We have Facebook. <gasps> ooh, Instagram pictures and Twitter. Annoying. Wow. All of your favorite social medias in one place um besides that uh we also have a newsletter a newsletter A newsletter what do we say so you put your email in and and then we take it and sell it to people over the
0: internet we don't sell
1: it we don't sell it (laughs) but what we will do is we'll send you updates on whenever we release a new episode or if there's anything else that we want to fill you guys in on
0: that's so exciting ryan i'm gonna go there right now
1: isn't it just but hold on (gasps) there's more there's more we also have a section dedicated to new players who's that So if you're just getting into D&D for the first time, we have a bunch of stuff, uh, links to Amazon, all like consolidated onto one page. And you know, if you're looking to buy some dice or a dice tower or a DM screen, or some handbooks, you know, any of that sound interesting?
0: I love all of those things and well, more.
1: congratulations. We got all of your favorite links in one place.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, if you think that we're doing a bad job and you want to tell us about it.
0: I hate you. Or if
1: you <laughs> think we're doing a good job and you want them to tell us about it, we have a feedback section. A feedback section. Yeah. You can just uh, type in your message, let us know what you think about the show, what you want to see in future episodes, and that'll get delivered directly to us.
0: I'm going to flash You guys, so hard.
1: Great. Except that only Nathan will be reading it, and then he's going to tell us what it said, so you'll only be hurting his feelings. That's
0: good.